Hello and welcome to Switch It, the podcast that assumes the film Everything Everywhere All at Once is about the current state of world cricket's scheduling. From mushrooming T20 leagues to England's men in New Zealand to the upcoming Women's T20 World Cup, it's a non-stop conveyor belt of padding up and warming down. This week we're moving swiftly on from ODI series defeat in South Africa to the test team's return to action and Basball going back to its spiritual home. Will New Zealand lie back and think of Brendan once again? as they did during their 3-0 shellacking in the northern summer. To discuss all this and more, I'm joined in the studio today by a couple of seasoned Baz brawlers in ESPN Crick Info UK editor Andrew Miller and senior editor Osman Samiuddin. Uh, good to see both, Miller. Um, how are you doing keeping track of England across the time zones? Uh, the New Zealand tour is going to test your ability to catch those Instagrammable sunrises while walking the dog. Well, you say that, but I mean, well, certainly the second test, when it starts starts at 9pm UK time, and finishes about five in the morning, roll straight Perfect. straight out with the dog, straight onto Hackney Marshes, get the sunrise, jobs are good. And yeah, it's a, yeah, bring bring it on. I mean, I, I, I love a night shift. It's my, my favourite occupation. I can't wait. Um, New Zealand is particularly weird. It's like you're completely beyond beyond the never never it's like 13 hours what on earth is that that's that's flipping, flipping, the, flipping the world on its head and some it's just it's just it's just a preposterous time zone but uh yeah whatever it'll, you start it'll be covering fun. a test the day before it's yeah it's happened you know yeah exactly it's, well it's, it's like, it's like Vish, Vish, was, Vish was booking his flights and kind of forgot that you know 40 hours traveling means you miss entire days and like, <laughs> but, you know what, what it it's like a week later you land <laughs> a week later you land <laughs> completely dis- discombobulated but uh, but no it's gonna be fun i mean it, it, you know a it's basball and that, that that that's great fun and uh you know, leaving aside the last time England were in New Zealand, which was a pretty dismal um, flat, is to mm. flat decks and all the rest of it, and, and England got battered in the one test that did get a result. Um, England have proven in the last few weeks and months of basballing that uh, take the pitch out of the equation, frankly, it, it's not really, it doesn't really matter what surface it's going to be, they will go for it, whatever it may be, and it's usually a win at the moment. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing. How they skin these cats? I mean, who knows? Who knows what they've not yet? I mean, they have had spinning surfaces in Pakistan, but uh, you know they've had they've had a thieving surfaces and flat surfaces and potential for spinning surfaces. But uh, yeah, they, every time they've been given a challenge, they have adapted their game and their mindset most fundamentally to the challenge that awaits them. And I expect nothing different uh, in the next couple of weeks. And, uh, well, you can roll straight from the walking the dog into the Women's World Cup as well uh, <laughs> down in South Africa. Uh, I think the under-19s, uh, the, the male team, are in Australia as well. So, you know, we're, we're all points. Um, Oz, uh, welcome back to the pod. You've grown a winter beard. I have. Uh, it's going to keep me, it, the... it has kept me warm because I can't, I can't turn the heating on. It costs me too much money and ESPN don't pay me that much money. And so I've had to grow a beard and my, my, my family... Don't hate it. My wife does. My two daughters don't. So I'm winning as far so as I'm concerned. Well, I'm winning as far as, I'm, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I'm not going to watch any of the New Zealand series because it's not a World Test Championship series. I, I don't watch any cricket that isn't World Test, <laughs> Test Championship cricket anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, context, very context, few months <laughs> context is everything, of course. Context is everything. It's absolutely essential. Why would you watch it? There's nothing at stake. Yeah, I mean, and you've you know you've got the BPL to keep up with. Absolutely, and the ILT twenty, and and the SA twenty, and the PSL is about to start oh, as well. Particularly the PSL, especially uh, the PSL, which is 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 coasting in under the radar of uh, England, New Zealand, as mentioned. Yes, women's T twenty World Cup and the Border Gavaskar Trophy. So, uh... oh yeah, that that small one. That's the side. <laughs> that's the side show. That's the, the subplot to yes. the to the England New Zealand. Why hasn't the England New Zealand Trophy got a name? The Don't beefy know. Hadley. Well, Hadley, well, yeah, Hadley, 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 Hadley trophy. It has to be there. Can, can, they, can they make a Williamson trophy already? He's like clearly their greatest player Well, ever. I mean, it's going to become the Baz trophy, isn't it? Oh, of course. <laughs> there you go. We, we're well, it, it is already, frankly. No, so I, I, I mean, of course, I will watch it, actually. It's going to be fairly interesting. But I, I do wonder why it's not a World Test Championship series. It's weird. Like, New Zealand and England have now played three series, I think, in the time of the World Test Championship, none of which have been... Uh, was I there one in England that wasn't part of the World Test Championship? The two test series 
2021. Yes, in yeah. 2021, yes, right? Yes, so that's so they've had three, three out of four because last summer's um, yes, that's right. That was part of the bowling was World Test Championship. So they've had three out of four <laughs> in the two cycles of the World Test Championship, which have not been part of the World Test Championship. Why is that the case? I don't know. <laughs> that we're here to explain. And presumably, one of you knows. In the time of fixture overload, though, it does seem particularly odd. <laughs> it just seems you know. bizarre that you would have a test series like this. I think this series, uh, at least my vague understanding, is sort of repayment for the tests that New Zealand played uh, last the summer before last ahead right, of the, the World two Test Championship final right. when England didn't qualify for the World Test Championship okay. final so wanted to fill uh, right. the summer with a bit more test cricket okay. so played New Zealand as sort of warm-ups obviously lost at home to New Zealand somewhere um, in some suit's head that makes sense yes but, and yeah. then now they're Presumably playing again having played as you say right at the start of the, that original World Test Championship cycle exactly yes um, when Jofra Archer got bowled into the ground at um, Hamilton uh, it was yeah. I think it was yeah. but both yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um, well, we'll probably spend the whole um, pod trying to get our heads around the calendar, the schedule. Um, there's been quite a bit happening since we last spoke, uh, so we'll, we'll try and do this chronolo- chronologically. <laughs> Easy for me to say. Um, start by capping, recapping England's um, ODI series defeat against South Africa, uh, which we probably all wiped from our memories, really. But um, we, as we discussed, um, those games didn't matter a whole lot to England. Um, they, they were far more important to South Africa's yeah. World Cup hopes, um, Miller. But back-to-back losses in Bloemfontein um, did make it five defeats in a row for the first time since 2014 and forced you into a deep dive to look at those numbers um, and to <laughs> drum up interest in England's sort of uh, listing ODI ship. Yeah, this is the thing. I, I, I sat down to try and write this piece, thinking, yeah, five five defeats in a row, that's a really big deal. This is a crisis. And I just sat there and thinking, I just don't care. I, I just, I'm really struggling to to be alarmed by this, which in itself ended up being the sort of the, the sort of hook I needed to write it because nobody really cares. Nobody mm. nobody gives a damn about bilateral cricket right now, as we, as we can see with all Particularly of these... Particularly bilateral ODI cricket. Particularly bilateral ODI, which is entirely the fault... As far as I'm concerned, the fault of the ECB. I think I think they have they have been the you know you can blame South Africa among others for their um, preoccupation with with SA20 over the fact that they, you know they've decided to, to bin off most of their their domestic um, calendar and say so you know what we're we're not gonna we're not gonna invite international teams over for bilateral series anymore. We're gonna play the SA20 in the prime months. But England have basically. Put the put the cart before the horse in all in this regard by sanctioning the hundred in the prime months of August and July. And, you know, absolutely. If you think of think of cricket traditionally, cricket in England in the height of summer is like what you imagine. And now England decide, no, we're not going to play international cricket in August. Let's do this. It's it you know for a, such a market leading country as England to make that decision and and sanction that sort of attitude to the international game was basically inviting anarchy. And, you know, going back to what you're saying just then about uh, the reason why we're playing uh, these series, the series against um, New Zealand, it all comes out of recipro- reciprocity. Just another, another word. <laughs> Chronological <say>. reciprocity. Chronological <laughs> reciprocity. And, you know, you, it, it, it's absolutely fundamental to the health of the game that you reciprocate, that teams actually recognise that the, the, the value and the, the importance of international cricket relies on two parties, not one. It's not just about the big three sort of trailing the world and picking and choosing where they want to play. Mm. It's about, you know, making sure that you do give that payback. And increasingly, we're seeing this, This um, the world has, has has been threatened to change for a little while, but this past month with the uh, ILT and, uh, and, and the SA20 going on and, and the BBL dribbling to its long-winded conclusion and, uh, and, and, and the BPL ongoing and all the rest of it, in bilateral cricket has got lost. And so to go back to the original point about these these ODIs, it's like I thought, you know what, well, I don't really care about the state of English cricket in in fifty over terms because all that actually matters is getting to a World Cup and then turning it on like England did at the twenty over World Cup and like mm. they'll do at the fifty over World Cup. If increasingly the sport is heading down that route that anything that go anything goes on in between the big marquee tournaments when everyone gets together is frankly irrelevant. And so um 
England, as far as I'm concerned, have hastened that demise. Um, you can whether whether they did it because they saw it was inevitable, or whether in so doing it they have they've made it inevitable um, is a moot point. But it it certainly hasn't helped their attitude to international cricket in in the past few years, in, in my opinion. And so you know, as you say, I did this deep dive, and you know, England played 98, I think it was 98 ODIs between 2015 being beaten in the 2015 World Cup and getting to the final of the 2019 World Cup. And they won 67 of them, basically two, one, two in every three. And they played 32 players in that period. So they had a core of players yeah. who played, uh, I think of 12 players, played 50 or more of those games, so 50% of those games. This time around, they've already got to 37. It's going to be potentially 39 by, um, uh, by the end of this Bangladesh tour because they've got two uncapped players in there. Um, they've only they've only played thirty three games, so they've they've, they've they've actually played more players than they played games this time around, which is just preposterous. It's just just throw them up in the air, see what lands. Oh, there we go, we've got another team. It's no wonder they're not winning, and it's no wonder no one cares. It's like, it's like you know what we'll 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 take what we take what we get on that front. You know, ten hours of ten hours of cricket later, someone will win, someone will lose, and everyone will move on. I mean, you know, as you say, no one no one no one actually has stopped to care about the, the nuts and bolts of what went on in, in those three games. Of course, uh, picking uh, 11 names out of a hat uh, was a, a strategy that worked quite well against Pakistan two summers ago. When, yes, uh, when, when, <laughs> it worked very well. When COVID um, decimated um, the squad. England's record since the ODI uh, World Cup in 2019, um, let's get this straight, is uh, 1-16 lost... 14, so thoroughly met. I think Oz, I think you pointed out that they are still the fastest scorers in that yes. time. Uh, runs probe of 6.17. Just ahead of India. Just, just think, ahead right? of India. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they're doing all right by <laughs> some metrics. And they've got to the World Cup, which is the main thing. As Miller says, you know, you, you, you just got to be there. They've qualified. South Africa haven't quite qualified. Um, and that's, I suppose, where where the fun bit does come in. Um, I mean, we, we actually might talk about Joffre Archer's come back in a minute as well. Mm. But um, South Africa, as things stand, uh, are are not uh, certain of going to the World Cup um, by the direct route. There's a qualifier in Zimbabwe in the summer. Uh, I think they have to win probably both their games against Netherlands yes. that they have. The re- and hope for another result in the Sri Lanka-New Zealand <laughs> I think, series. Yeah, I if think. Sri Lanka win 3-0 in, in New Zealand, then it gets uh, sketchy as well. They've also had an overrate points deduction, um, <laughs> which I think Miller called the most dramatic overrate points deduction Ever. of all time. And, and, and <laughs> I'm not going to argue with that. Um, I mean, the question that I'm really getting to here is, is it a choke if South Africa don't get to the World don't Cup Don't even get to the World directly, Cup, Directly, but have to go through a qualifier? Or is it getting the choke out of the way early? <laughs> you know what? I, I think, like, it's at times over the last, like, I'd say... Six, seven months since the whole scrapping of the Australia ODI series mm. happened as well. Which they are officially scrapped now because we've moved past the point at which they were supposed to be yes. played. Yes, so I think those points have now been allocated, haven't they, as points to Australia and not to I'm South not Africa. sure if they're showing up officially on the, on the table. I, I think they will eventually yeah. at yeah. the end of the cycle, whenever that cycle may be, because <laughs> yeah. that cycle end has also moved about yes. three times, which is... You know, yes. just, just like penalty everyone... runs on a scorecard. Exactly. No one knows how they'll appear. They'll just but be magic. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's like it, it says something about the ODI Super League that nobody knows when it's going to end, when it began. It's never going to happen again. We know that. Um, but I don't think... The, the thing about South Africa... Thing. The thing about South Africa is I, I don't think they care that much. It, it, it really... That, that sense has come across. You know, you, like Firdos does an outstanding job for us in covering like all the craziness of, of Cricket South Africa. <laughs> like on a daily basis. We all know it. Like, you know, we are constantly assailed by like what Cricket South Africa is doing and how they're messing this up and how they're messing that up. And But like I, I get the sense that they genuinely have put all their eggs in the basket of this SA20. Um, you know, they, they've wiped out their home season. I think they've realized, I think Graham Smith had said some time ago that even in India series, when India come in to South Africa, that's not making them enough money anymore. Mm-hmm. So that kind of tells you how, like, how skewed away from international cricket now they're thinking. And so, you know, if they don't play the World Cup, it's, I, I think we worked out, like, monetarily, it's not that much of a loss, given that they're not obviously not going to win it. You know, the, the, the choke <laughs> will happen at some point in the tournament. They're not going to win it. It's not a huge monetary loss. There's an ICC event every year uh, for the next 
however many years, like, you know, for infinity now, there's an ICC event every year. Their women's team is a fairly decent team when they're not shooting themselves in the foot and getting rid of all their best players. <laughs> they are actually a decent side. Um, you know, the, the chances of an ICC trophy, eventually they will get one somewhere. If it's not this World Cup, if, if, they, can, if they can say that the SA20 has been a success for them financially as well as otherwise, which I think it has already, you know, they may look at that and say, well, you know, on balance, it's okay if we don't ultimately go. And I still think they'll qualify. Like, they'll get through that qualifier stage. Yeah, and I, I mean, reckon they'll, they'll probably qualify. So they've taken that it's calculated It's a reasonable risk. backup plan that they'll exactly. it's a, it's a gamble that they've the two taken. best teams to come out of. But uh, in the longer term, what's more important to them is that the SA20 is a, is a viable financial product. You know, mm -hmm. and it's backed by all this IPL money. It's it's going to succeed. You know, we've I've watched more of that than I have of the ILT20. It looks like a proper T20 league. It's, you know, great pitches, great tournament, uh, great fans. Just great yeah, TV good visuals. Crowds is, uh, good crowds. got that over the ILT20. It's got KP <laughs> shouting in your ear and commentary <laughs> about everything and anything. You know, KP commenting on Baby De Villiers has just been, ah, like decimal <laughs> levels are, are going through the roof. But, you know, so they've probably looked at that and said, well, if we can pull this off, then we can take that risk with qualification for the World Cup. Um, and, and, you know, they're actually, they're close to it now. So if they win against the Netherlands, which... <laughs> until before the T20 World Cup yeah. I would would have said that yes of course they're going to win that series so like don't be ridiculous if they can win that series and Sri Lanka somehow pull off uh, an upset in New Zealand then they still get through directly if they don't get through directly they still have that qualifier in Zimbabwe with possibly what would it be Bangladesh and West Indies or is it Bangladesh and or West Indies uh, it, it likely to be uh, one of those uh it is it's about bangladesh already qualified sri lanka oh sorry it's sri lanka, sri lanka West Indies, are uh on the on the edge of so qualification, yeah exactly West Indies, yeah. And, and ireland could also get through so it'll be would tricky be the most fun yeah um, sending yeah, yeah. sri lanka uh south africa and west indies to yes. zimbabwe which will be okay be you know you can say royale styles and you would think they could get through that still yeah so you know they may well make it but if they don't make it i don't know if it's like a huge yeah there'll be outrage for a while and i'm sure we'll have some pieces on it as well but will it be the end of the world probably not because there'll be an sa20 no. like two months after the world cup ends and everything will be okay again they'll be saving themselves the pain of you know what inevitably happens to them at world cup exactly let's, we've let's saved ourselves it, a choke we've got the sa20 we can never choke in the sa20 it's very much the ipl model right india never loses <laughs> south africa never chokes in the sa20 that should be the tagline it's, that that's gonna sell tickets and merchandise this on a t-shirt put it on a t-shirt right come now. to the tournament where south africa never chokes well, hey we've got it um i mean miller it was england that choked in the the bloom odis really um first game chasing uh 299 i think it was 147 for none and managed to uh stumble their way to a, a, a defeat but you know by a reasonable margin at the end the second game Managed to set South Africa 340 and, and also lose Timber Bavuma with 100 in that game. Um, at which point, South Africa's World Cup uh, qualification bandwagon was, you know, sort of full steam ahead. Um, and so they choked. <laughs> <laughs> but no, just on that, though, I mean, I must admit, the, the most interesting aspect of the series for me was England's performance in that first game. Because it, it kind of, you know, leaving aside the fact that it doesn't actually matter and we'll, 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 the sun will rise again tomorrow. The fact that England balls it up when chasing basically less than a run of ball. It was, it was yeah. you know, they, 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 had, they had the opportunity just to saunter to victory and decided mm. not to saunter, they decided to strut to victory and they tripped over. And it was a slight, a slight indication of, of what hasn't yet happened in the basketball mentality. So, you know, mm. so much about the basketball mentality is applicable across formats. And it's, as we've discussed at length, it's a, it's a learnings from the white ball team that have gone into the test team about this is this is how we can how we can take our take our forceful mentality and extrapolate it across formats. And here was a situation when actually, you know, to, to go back to how England would have played test cricket back in the day, if they'd played it sensibly and just blocked blocked the shit out of it as as Demba Bavuma was threatening to do with his version of Basball, um they they would have cruised it. But instead mm. they they tried to tried to strut across the line and played a few too many shots lost a few too many wickets and fell in a heap. And so that, you know, it's just a, I wouldn't say it's a chink in the armour, but it is perhaps the sort of question that teams are going to start asking of the test team at some stage. It's like, what happens when all mm. you have to do is just exist, just 
don't think about it or you know do think about it do think about playing sensibly rather than think about you know freeing your mind and and playing the expansive stroke and and you know what's the worst that could go wrong ah oh, you could screw it up you know these these are the questions that probably haven't yet seeped in and perhaps you know further down the line they could but i, I like i say i'm really not going to lose sleep about about what went on uh, in those games because the details of Joffre Archer's phenomenal comeback um, mm. aside, I've largely forgotten from from England's perspective, at least. <laughs> yes, Joffre Archer took six for in uh, his Ooh. second international match since March 2021. Jason Roy scored 100 in that first game, but then sort of subsequently undermined the uh, the, the sense that he was getting it all back together by uh, getting a couple of cheap scores. Um I mean, Joffre Archer, uh, we, we can probably just uh, have a word about that. Mm-hmm. Um, six for 40, uh, pace up there around the 90 mile an hour mark again. Uh, his best figures, I think, in, in ODIs. His first ODI five for, which mm. is something given he, Yeah, no, <laughs> he, no, it was wonderful. He won a World Cup four years ago <laughs> with England. But, uh, yeah, that no, was wonderful to see. I mean, that, that you know, without a shadow of a doubt, that was the, that was the one absolute uh, blue ribbon moment from England's perspective. You know, like I say, it, it didn't have to, didn't have to have happened in an, in a fifty over match for it to be significant. He could he could have he could have done that in any formats. Bowling like that, you think, yeah, that's a guy who looks like he's on <clears throat> on the way back and and just looking looking like everything is back in working order. Because the thing that was so concerning, uh, was obviously, stress fracture of the back is a big concern for a for a fast bowler. But the elbow, uh, there, there was that con- there, just that concern. I mean, Mark Wood had an elbow problem as well, and there's just that concern about the you know the hyperextension that goes through the elbow when you're a fast bowler, and and just the the sense that perhaps it it might not be the same again. Um, I, I know I know Simon Hughes, obviously a former former Middlesex fast bowler. Um, he's talked a lot about. He he used to be reasonably rapid, and um, yeah, he had an elbow issue. And you know, to, to equate Yozza and 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 uh, and and Joffre Arch is probably isn't isn't the fairest comparison, <laughs> but but as 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 that's, as, that's as, a, as a as a as a, as a as a chap who's been in the media talking about such issues, you know, from a from a personal perspective, mm. you can you can certainly reflect on on how it was a concern that goes beyond the Ooh. sort of usual mechanical issues that might crop up with 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 broken broken bones so the fact that he just looks in working order just just cruising in and hitting that line of length hitting that you know the, the subtleties as well just just slotting back into place so you know bowling bowling a slower ball i can't remember who he bowled it to but it was just a slower ball on exactly the same line of length he'd been hitting that spot consistently and then hit it again at about 20 20 miles an hour slower and up pops a catch, a short cover, and it's it's just the uh, you know the, these are the subtleties that will just hold him in great stead across formats. And you know it's far too early to talk about the Ashes. I mean, mm. as we I think we mentioned last time out, we've got a whole of an IPL to get through, and God knows what happens if yeah. if Mumbai Indians get to the get to the knockouts. There'll there'll be a there'll be a squabble for for who 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 gets what out of Jofra if that's the case. But you know going into a big summer and with a with a World Cup at the end of it. Um, it, it's a really encouraging uh, early stages of his comeback, and he's been talking in in really positive terms as well. He was out out in Abu Dhabi, um, and Vish was out there, and you know he's not not the most um, garrulous of chaps at the best of times, <laughs> is, is Jofra. But there was that one interview he did after his comeback for the Lions that just sounded like a man who was just really really pleased to to mm. to be given not just a chance to be back, but to, to feel in his own mind that, yeah, this is going to go well. And uh, so far, touch wood, it has. I think one, one of the things I've actually really appreciated about it, actually, is the, the support that he's been given by the ECB. Mm. Like I, you know, and I come from the point of view of like fast bowlers in other parts of the world. I'm not going <laughs> to name all the countries, but you know, you forget them, somebody else comes along. And you know, England have had plenty of guys who have come along in the years, in, in the two years since he's not, or the, however long it is. That it he's been is around. pretty much two years. It is two years, right? And <laughs> you know, but the, the, the constant kind of support he's been getting has been actually like pretty good to see. The ECB have never kind of you know, shied away from either making those updates on his injury pretty out to you know putting them out there mm-hmm. and giving him presumably whatever kind of support he's needed it's it's just been good to see uh yeah. it's been good to see because you know he he hadn't been in the England setup for that long beforehand as as it was you know it'd been two years since he'd come in and then he got this yeah. and you know what could have been a kind of career threatening thing 
but they've nursed him through it. And so it was really good to see him back. And after, 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 after that super over, it's the least they could do. To be frank. But, uh, <laughs> that, that is also true. That is yeah. also true. You know, saving, saving their bacon. You know, yes. They bet the farm on, on 50 over cricket, which they've now incidentally ditched the morning after. They didn't even um, ditched it before the World Cup. They were playing 40 over domestic tournaments. Yeah. Like, well, that, they didn't care much for 50 over <laughs> yes, tournaments. Yes, Joffrey is probably owed a bit of TLC. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, I mean, yes, as you say, Osman, England have been planning this kind of uh, quite meticulously how yep. this was all going to unfold back going back to the UAE. I mean the other point is that, you know the demands on his services from various mm. power players across the world yeah to manage that as well and to manage his expectations and their own and those of you know the, the IPL and stuff it's not an easy job to do and and they've somehow managed it and he's come back with like a six for in his second game yeah he's doing all right isn't he that kid I think we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on him um yeah, the ashes is a little way off. There's plenty of um, workload management before then because yeah. um, even whilst England were uh, concluding that that series, uh, one-day series in South Africa, the Test team had landed in New Zealand ma- mainly to play golf. I think as we're going to uh, come on to. Um, Joffre uh, Archer is not going to be involved on that tour. Uh, he will be in Bangladesh um, in only a few weeks' time because that series starts the day after the New Zealand Test uh, series finishes. Um, and then you get into the IPL and, and, and so on. But let's stay in the here and now. England are in New Zealand. England's men, the Test team are in New Zealand. Um, they're getting back into the swing of baseball, uh, mainly by practising their golf swings. Um, Amila, England haven't had a happy time touring New Zealand in, in recent decades. No, indeed. Um, their last victory there in a series was 2007-8. Their record since then is played seven, drawn five, lost two. Indeed. Wow. And, and that 2007-8 series obviously hugely significant for, for so many reasons. Mm. A, of course, it was, it was the beginning of Anderson and Broad uh, brought in after that first test thumping. I was out there for that series and England got absolutely butchered in Hamilton funnily enough mm. um, it, it was it was a really flaccid display they just looked like a team that had no direction whatsoever and so um, they you know Peter Moore's to give him his give him his due took the bit the bullet binned off Hoggart and Harmison brought in Broad and Anderson and the rest is history and they turned the series around on its head but also the other key moment of that series was Andrew Strauss coming back to form um, in Napier in Napier you know his, he'd, he'd been all over the shop he'd had a terrible ashes and you know he basically had one innings left to save his career to be perfectly frank because he was no no Kevin Peterson who also I think got his first 100 in a long time in that, in that game but you know he KP clearly was a man for the long term. Strauss could have been just another county county guy who who uh, did a decent job for a bit, but but yeah, ran ran out of road. But nope, he he got his hundred, um, turned that game on its head, turned the series on its head, and again the rest is history because obviously he was a hugely important part of everything that England did right in the subsequent years. So um, it's it's been a an important venue for England for 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 a long time, but not a not a successful one since then. I mean. Um, yeah, the last time out, uh, last pink ball test they played out there inauspiciously, the 58 all out in Auckland, which uh, again was off the back of a, a miserable Ashes series. And, you know, I was, I was actually I was reading reading back some of the things that were written about the team back then. And it's absolutely fascinating in context of what has gone on this past year, 2022. I think we, were, I think Nasher was our man in uh, writing about the Auckland defeat and Basically saying that Joe Root's time is up. There's there's no point in England drifting like this. They've they've been battered four 0 on the ashes. This is a team with no direction, team with no future, team with no prospects. And lo and behold, I mean he was right, but it, it took them, took them for four, four, years. four more years of drift before they finally bit the bullet and binned off Root. And and again the rest is history. So yeah, it's it, it's. It's not been a happy hunting ground, but this could be very different just because I think it'll be a happier tour. Quite clearly, mm. they're, they're out there, as you say, playing golf. They've already decided that their four-day warm-up game is two two days too long. So, so God knows what Bish is going to do for, for the next fortnight. Just <laughs> play golf. Play golf, presumably. Good, good golf correspondent. Golf though. correspondent. Yeah. But, um, you know, and hopefully get lots and lots, lots of nice, nice, colourful, colourful... Um, shots of, of golf courses but but no it, it, it's it's going to be it's going to be a great opportunity for England to put that record right in the in the first on the first instance but also you know building into the ashes the last two tests they've got before 
the Ashes, which obviously are an early season this year, so you know potentially similar, similar sort of in, environs, and um, yeah, let's see what see what goes. But uh, um, yeah, for all that it's an in, inhospitable time zone, it's, it, it should be a very hospitable series. I think um, you know certainly what we saw last summer with the the, the nature of those three tests. I mean, yeah. three nil. 3-0 to England doesn't tell the full story of what went on in that epochal series, frankly, last summer. Yeah. And um, uh, hopefully there'll be there'll be more of the same. Well, um, uh, New Zealand has, has arguably been uh, a better place for England to tour than, than Pakistan, obviously where they last went and um, you know rewrote the record books there. Um, since that 3-0 series win, uh, New Zealand have also been to Pakistan. Um Oz, you, you will have probably paid a bit more attention <laughs> yeah. to those two tests than we did, but um, it, it seemed that they uh, they chose very much the 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 old fashioned steady the Gary steady approach to to playing cricket on the subcontinent um, and and nearly came away with a, 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 a what would have been a famous series win of their own. I mean the the second test went right down to the wire yeah, yeah, yeah. and Pakistan could have won it as well I think they were, they were 15, 15 runs short. Yeah, from 15 victory short with one, 9 with down Shah yes. promising Tim Southey to hit some sixes while he was there right yes. at the end but I, I, they dominated that series by the way Pakistan were lucky you know Pakistan the delusional kind of thinking in that they could have won both the series that they had at home this this year, um, <laughs> they you know they were outplayed by New Zealand for much of the for, for much of the series. New Zealand were they were more you know it, it was a more traditional form of cricket. It's the kind of Test cricket that you have seen. New Zealand I think went at about three and a half and over, which seems completely pedestrian, obviously. <laughs> um, but you know they, they looked good, and if you, I, I was thinking about it, I was, I was jotting down the names. You know we've we've been saying now for like a year, maybe more than a year, that they're a team in transition. You mm. know after the World Test champion. Uh, championship win. So they they haven't got Trent Bolt anymore. Um, Roscoe's gone. BJ mm, Watling's mm. gone. Gain has stepped down as as captain. They've missed Kyle Jameson for the last eight months now, pretty much. And of course, Sir Colin has has called it. <laughs> that's six players. You yes. know, that's you're looking at essentially that that team has been gutted. It's not in transition. It's you know, it's much mm. something much more than that. And so, you know, if you look at results, kind of. In, in that light, they haven't actually been that bad. I mean, I, I thought, you know, we covered, all of us, I think, saw, yeah, all of us covered a test at least of their of their series against England mm. last summer. Um, the Lord's test, very close. I thought, you know, there, there was probably one where they really had a chance. Uh, the Trent Bridge one was where kind of baseball was born. <laughs> and until, like, tea time on that final day. Was was heading for a, a draw in old Heading money. for a draw at least. And, you know, New Zealand looked like they dominated that as well. For, yeah, they'd taken four wickets it. before tea as well. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they looked like they dominated that test. So they've not been bad. And I think, you know, I, I still wonder what would have happened had, had Kyle Jameson not been injured. Like, you know, mm. most likely England would still have done what they did. But you just, you, you can't help but wonder, given the impact that he had had on... New Zealand and the test side and test cricket generally in the two years before that, you can't help but wonder what would have happened if Jameson had been fully, fully fit and firing and had, had not walked off. I think, what on, was it on the third or fourth afternoon yeah. of that, of that yeah, cricket yeah. test? Injury, didn't bowl any, with the um, back injury, yeah, he walked off and you were wondering, well, you know, they're looking a little bit thin without him. Um, so, you know, they, they've actually managed it fairly well. And I would think that with, you know, Southie, I thought him becoming captain, um, was kind of surprising, not not least because you know he's a fast bowler and they don't make fast bowlers captain. But he's, I spare thought for poor Tom Latham, who yeah. everyone kind of thought, well, you know, he's clearly the next leader. He's you know, quiet like Kane and a batter stood like in Kane on several occasions. Already, stood in so on several what, occasions. What did he do wrong? Yeah. Exactly, I, I don't think he did much wrong. The poor guy, but yeah. you know, Southie was fairly decent as a captain. Although I, I still felt in Pakistan that Kane was still like the kind of guy that they were mm. going to for for a lot of decisions. Kane's form. Was back, scored a double hundred. Although if you're not going to score a double hundred on those pitches, mm. on the on the pitches Pakistan have been producing, that there's something wrong with you <laughs> as a top class batsman. Um, I, but I, but I think Jameson's return, which maybe we we touch on a bit more, but Jameson's return is going to be the the one big thing that I'm like that you you kind of really look forward to now and see how that changes New Zealand. Yeah, so he's playing in the uh, this the warm now two game. day warm up yes. game, uh, pink ball game at, at Seddon Park. Uh, and I think New Zealand have kind of um, suggested he, he'll play one of the two tests, mm. uh, most likely with a you know, view to managing, managing him for the workload. IPL. Yeah. <laughs> for the IPL, just making sure he's all right for the IPL or whatever. Um, 
uh, Miller, I mean, the England um, squad is is pretty similar. Uh, well, it's, it's the core of it is the same as the one that won in Pakistan, but they've been, you know, sort of changes around the edges. So uh, there is uh, no Mark Wood for for this one. Ollie Stone is in. Uh, Rayan Ahmed, uh, who you know became a history-making debut, um, is being saved for the uh, the white ball games in Bangladesh, and probably there won't be as much call for his um, leg spin in New Zealand. Um, Jamie Overton sadly has, has uh, become the latest England fast bowler to suffer a back stress fracture. There's no Keaton Jennings, Liam Livingston still injured. Um, instead, you've got Stuart Broad, Matt Potts back. Um, Ollie Stone has mentioned, and Dan Lawrence is, is in the squad as well. But the, the kind of the eleven that lines up um, is is probably going to look largely the same as yeah, the team yeah. that we've seen over the past. Uh, the, you know, the the, the McCullum Stokes. Baz Ballers. Very much so. I mean, England have been very strong on you pick your best 11 and worry about the future when it comes. And so England will be back. You would be pretty certain, assuming they're fit, that Broad and Anderson will be will be back in harness. Obviously, Broad missed the last tour for paternity leave and mm. Anderson missed that final test for, for just rest and rotation uh, just because he's 40 years old and, you know, <laughs> weary bones and job done. The series, series one, there's nothing, nothing left to prove there with an Ashes summer coming up. So, um, yeah, he'll be he'll be gagging to get back in harness, and and then after that, it's 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 an interesting choice with with Ollie Stone in the squad and Mark Wood not in the squad. You assume that if if England want to expand their pace options ahead of the Ashes, and you know obviously with Archer lurking as well, mm. there could be a possibility that England will have three of their ninety mile an hour mm. plus fast bowlers fit and firing. So whether or not Stone is a first choice for this team. I would be interested to see him play at least one of the tests. So, mm-hmm. so let's um, let's see what that what that entails. And Matt Potts, the other name you mentioned there, obviously I, th- I thought he was a bit unlucky in the summer. Um, he looked the part for for most of the summer, and then just just I think it was decided he'd run out of steam a bit, and 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 got given got given a break. And Ollie Robinson, of course, who is now very much a first choice, is is clearly the the third. Seema, who will be, you know, presumably the frontline man, but but Potts is lurking in in the wings, waiting for another opportunity to to prove that, you know, the, you know the, the the sense I got from him watching him certainly at Lords and that and on his debut is that he's a guy who's got a really good engine. It looks like he looks like he'll mm. run in all day long, hit that hard length, and just just do the job uh, that's required. So <clears> if <throat> you know if it was decided that that his engine wasn't quite as Smooth running as 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 it certainly seemed on the on the surface. He'll he'll I'm sure be itching to disprove that. Jack Leach, you'd assume uh, he's 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 um, Stokes's favourite player of all time, Bowl again. So <laughs> so he, he he's 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 a lock as as the spinning option. And then Ben Folks will presumably be back um, providing at pivots at number seven. He was you know he was he was the uh, the casualty of 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 England adapting to. To two spin conditions out in mm. out in Pakistan, and so um, they had to bin him off in in favour of Will, Will Jackson, Liam Livingston, which is an extraordinary combo of of, yes. of spinners to to to, it, to bring in. But uh, my head is spinning like just from the number <laughs> of names. Like this is mm. ridiculous depth, by the way. <laughs> Matt Potts was arguably the bowler of last summer. Mm. Didn't play him Pakistan. Didn't need him. And, I thought maybe it was a decision also based on like the kind of surfaces they were expecting. Perhaps they had somebody like Ollie Robinson who does more mm. of these unresponsive surfaces. But just like the names you've been going through and the and the combinations England have played. Oh, Ben Folks, oh, yeah, we'll just have Ollie Pope as the keeper and bring in <laughs> Will Jackson, Liam Livingston, who you know is capable of hitting the longest sixes you've ever seen. It's absolutely ridiculous how much depth there is right yeah. now, and that and that's why I guess they're being able to do. You know the Bangladesh series starting a day after this series ends, and 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 them having come here while they were playing a series in South Africa, it's unfair. <laughs> but how is everyone well, going to compete we, with this? As we've uh, talked on previous pods, the the number of um, the county players or you know English qualified players who are propping up these uh, leagues. Like Ben the world. Duckett's opening in Test cricket. <laughs> It just sounds insane. Yeah. Doing it successfully as well. Well, it, Duckett's an interesting case, actually. I mean, it, just in terms of the, the horses for courses that England, you know, <laughs> threatened to go down under, mm. under under Ed Smith back in the day when, when, and when you know, Keaton Jennings was, I guess, was, yeah, the, was, the, was the first choice yeah, yeah. for Asian conditions. And going into an English summer, I mean, it, it, it's, you know, Duckett's low base and, and, a, and tendency to hit up into his strokes 
you just wonder if if uh, you know Pat Cummins in particular will <laughs> mm. will be eyeing up his splice with with a little bit of intent uh, come the summer. <laughs> so quite an important series for him, yeah. especially given the strength of of New Zealand's seam attack um, to prove that you know it's the, you know in these conditions with potentially a little bit more nibble. I mean, I say that, but you know, judging by the last summing that were out there, it could be the flattest decks in humanity. But traditionally, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, certainly Christchurch has, has has had a bit of bit of bit of nibble around. Uh, DNA around, test, around big ball, exactly. You would imagine that the, 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 there'll be more slips placed for this series than there were for England's uh, yes. series in Pakistan, for instance. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, quite an important test for him at the top of the order there because he came through his his return to to Test cricket with flying colours in in, Bank, in in Pakistan. Absolutely no question about that. But if England are serious about their ability to you know be absolutely back their players 100% but also be kind of ruthless when they recognise that mm. we do need to make a tweak here and there to adjust the conditions mm. that uh, Duckett will not want to be that tweak uh, come come June in the ashes mm. Hasib Hamid will be churning them out in early summer to <laughs> put the pressure on him um, Basball Hasib Hamid that would be something <laughs> to behold um, uh, just uh, a final uh, word on New Zealand's nice guys um, Oz uh, you know the saying is that they finish last. I mean, they are actually second from bottom in the World Test Championship, which is yeah. we talked about the sort of transition, the slide from being, um, you know, the, the champions. inaugural champions, yeah, um, two years ago, um, and uh, the period that, that, that England have suffered there on their last kind of two tours, it, New Zealand was a bit of a fortress. Yeah. You know, um, uh, their record at home was. Uh, you know, unimpeachable. But the last year or so, uh, those cracks kind of have appeared. They lost the test at home to Bangladesh. Yeah, and South Africa as well. To South Africa. They yeah. only won two tests in this mm. cycle. Yeah. Um, there'll be no Trent Bolt because uh, he's been playing in the um, ILT20 among, well, at least certainly that's one of the at T20 leagues. One of them, yeah. <laughs> one of them. Um, and, and it's the, the Tim Southey's second full series in, in, in charge. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, clearly there's an opportunity, whether it, uh, the context is there or otherwise, mm. for England to sort of end that uh, run of poor, uh, that poor run in New Zealand. Yeah, you know, one, one of the things I'm really actually looking forward to, um, uh, not the time zone so much, but one of the things <laughs> I'm looking forward to is, so they're, they're going to be the first team that come up against England again. So, you know, recipients, they were like the original kind of origin story victims of baseball. Yeah. And... You wonder now the way cricket is and the way, you know, kind of analysts work through strategies mm. and, and pick out data that they think is useful. I wonder if they go into the series with specific learnings that they might want to apply against England now. I know conditions are going to be different and there's a day night uh, and pink ball to kind of throw in there. But mm. I wonder if, you know, they've been working on, I mean, be, one of the things that I would look out for is I, I wonder if they've thought, sat back and thought, okay, this is a way we should try it this time. Um, because you know they were caught completely off guard mm. the first time round. They had no idea what was happening. Um, yeah. Set, but setting ODI fields or something because it's uh, exactly who knows. It's Just put boundary riders out and and if, uh, and if you think could, about that assault their, uh... at uh, Trent Bridge, Trent Bridge yeah. post D that day, like you know they would have learned from that. I, you would hope that they've learned to not bowl short, for example, <laughs> yeah. at Johnny Bairstow for like an hour. <laughs> Don't do that. And I mean, he, and he's injured so they, he's not they, there right they, now but they'll find that's, something that's a good place to start <laughs> exactly you know so you would think that it'd, it'd be interesting to see how they go about that i think <laughs> jameson's coming back will be a massive thing and the other thing actually about jameson that i wanted to bring up is you know so over the last year over the last 18 months two years we've had bumra out with an injury mm -hmm. we've had shaheen out with an injury for pakistan we've had archer out for mm -hmm. injury and it feels like with those three we've had like regular updates on what's happened to them, like medical updates, exact, like identifying the nature of the injury, pinpointing which ligament it is that, you know, how it's been Scans, torn. doctor's assessment. With Kyle Jameson, I was, I was going through our archive of coverage on Kyle Jameson, and like the, the most specific thing I could get was, oh yeah, I had a back injury. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> you yeah. know, a fast bowler sitting out Seven for like the ago. best part of a year um, with a back injury, with an unspecified back injury, that's like, you know, in most countries, that's like, oh my God, you know, stress fracture alert. This could be the end of a career. This could be like a whole change of action. But New Zealand, it's just the way they yeah. operate. Nobody nobody knows 
what exactly his back injury was. I mean, did he just have a strained back? Did he just have like, did he just a bit have, of lumbago? Yeah, maybe old man back pain or something, you know. But he had a huge workload in the two years. I can relate to that. Like, well, yeah. Any, any, any <laughs> inputs here? Why oh, we need backs for these well, chairs? I mean, no. I mean, just on, on that though. I mean, you're right. It is a huge, huge loss. It's not, not just any old fastball. Yeah. I mean, the, the way that he was bowling. Uh, 2021 I, I was down at the World Test Championship final he took mm. that five wicket haul and I think it was the first innings mm. basically set up New Zealand's heist to beat the, the front running India in the World Test Championship final but the, the way he did it you know just, just that incredible height and just hitting that mm. length and bit of nibble just just you know he, he, he is a proper unit of a, of a fast yeah. bowler and such a great loss to not have him around I remember around that point uh, I think Jared uh, wrote a wrote a piece for us about Carl uh, Jameson being the most complete fast bowler yeah. of all time. Simply the combination of the height, the accuracy, yeah. the sufficient pace, and, and the swing, and yeah. the, and swing and the seam. All of the Everything. all of the attributes yeah. you could possibly want. I mean, how do you combat that? He's coming at you from six foot ten. Get forward. Get forward. <laughs> get forward to six foot ten as it comes past your nose. Yeah, thanks. You get Jared <laughs> to write an article about him and jinx his entire yeah. career. Like, well, I think indeed. that article came out and it's a such, week before his injury. Was such a loss. Such a loss. As you say, the, the, England's win last summer, the first Test, they were incredibly mm. lucky with Colin yeah. Grandom screwing up his ankle, but yeah. also that no ball to Stokes that, mm. that turned, yes. turned the chase. Yeah. And then that second Test, losing Jameson for the second innings, um, possibly. England would have gone it, gone it like that, but would they have been able to take down Jameson in the same way? Mm. Um, it's all it, it's all up in the air now. But I mean, you do wonder whether the, the sheer sheer class of yep. good bowling, you know, that that's kind of one of the fundamentals of cricket. Fundam- fundamentally, a good ball will get you out, whether whether you are whether you, whether, you, whether you are basballing it or not. And uh, you know, there'll be plenty more of that in the summer with with Pat Cummins and Co to come. So you know, England's England's mindset won't win everything. That, that, is, <laughs> yeah, that, is, that yeah. is the fundamental. No, thing. Be, they'll they'll still have a handy pace attack, right? Southie mm. was is still bowling really well. Like he was he was superb in Pakistan on those really dead pitches. He was really the only fast bowler. <laughs> Pakistan had an awful attack all winter, but Southie really was bowling some superb stuff out there. I think he picked up like maybe six wickets over the two tests. Fairly not cheap, but he was just very southy he, he mm. was swinging the ball when there was swing he was moving it around he was accurate always and he was just kind of indefatigable he just kept going and kept going and kept going kept coming on for more of us he probably overbowled himself actually that was one of the things about his captaincy mm. was he, he overbowled himself so you'll have you'll have southy henry will be there henry's I know Henry's a strange kind of bowler. There are days when he looks very hittable, yeah, streaky. If it goes streaky, well. but, but there's days when he looks really, really good. Mm. Um, so you have him. You have Jameson back now, and you have, of course, the uh, indefatigable. Do we even have to say his name? You know? <laughs> the the Thor's hammer. Exactly. Um, Wagner. That, that is the Wagner. Um, so you know, it'll be it'll be a tough base attack in daylight conditions. Basball in daylight conditions, by the way, is like. Does that have a Probably not. They'll probably party harder at night. They'll probably, probably go even harder a at new night. new subspecies. Of <laughs> Remember just... that famous Packer t-shirt, right? The big boys play at night. So it's, this is going to be them basically walking out with their big boys play, only big boys play at night shirt. Just the and, uh, going even harder. drivers on the range. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. With like a cigar in one hand, maybe. Just just a final, final word. I suppose it's only fair because we're banging on about 2008 um, previously. But just, just to recall that actually 2008 was uh, Tim Southey's debut series as well. Mm, and yeah. just a reminder of how bloody long he's been around. Yeah. And he's, he's to he be this good still. He's Anderson-esque. Totally don't mean Anderson-esque. that to sort of uh, a disparaging way. Except he calls the wobble ball the three-quarter scene. <laughs> he did. Not <laughs> the wobble ball. It's the three-quarter scene. But I mean, that, that his, his debut, his debut, Maybe was that was that Napier test, and uh, you know he was he was nineteen, I think, at the time. I mean, he was even younger than even Anderson uh, debuted young, but mm. uh, Southie mm. debuted even younger. And he his most remarkable feat, of course, was seventy odd with about ten sixes. Yeah. It was like from number eleven. Belting it left, right, and centre in a Nathan Astle tribute act. It was absolutely extraordinary. And an original basketball. Yeah. Right, he might he, he, yes. Absolutely. I mean, he's, he's still he's still up there as as the most most explosive <laughs> mm. six hitter in Test history. Oh yeah, easily. Yeah, easily. Yeah, yeah, pound for pound. So, well, yeah. lots to look forward to there. Um, we'll briefly segue back into what to one day cricket here because uh, England have 
Uh, then, as we mentioned, a, a series straight after in Bangladesh and Miller, they have announced a squad for that. Um, the main features being the, the number of players who made themselves unavailable <laughs> due to the clashes with uh, the PSL particularly, but you know, sort of the, the T20 franchise circuit. Um and first call-ups for uh, Rayan Ahmed, who's uh, obviously made his test debut uh, before Christmas, and Tom Abel. Indeed. I mean, first things first, yeah, go back to what I was saying earlier about the, the schedule and bilateral series. I mean, it's, 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 all, it's all hogwash, frankly. The, 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 the fragmentation of the international game is happening so quickly that it, there's no point in, in complaining that um, Alex Hales, say, has decided that a, a six-figure sum... Uh, the PSL is of greater value than than enhancing his 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 return emotional return to England colours after his banishment for the World Cup. I mean, you know, ordinarily you'd have bitten England's hand off to to back up your your T20 winning exploits and get out there to for an ODI recall that could perhaps give you a chance to make amends and get get back on the plane for for India in in the winter. But I mean, the game the game's gone. The game has the game has moved beyond such such an emotional vibe driven attitude to, to international cricket you Saying can't club has already won over country club, club has won it, well, <laughs> well the, uh, vibe, vibe I, I use the word vibe advisedly because obviously that's kind of where England are at with basball and why they, why it's quite so important that they, they are enjoying just Ooh. vibing by playing international <laughs> cricket because it's the one thing that keeps keeps it fun because otherwise you end up turning up to these series as a chore, frankly, when there are other opportunities out there, and other other reasons to be an be a cricketer and and tour the world and make make a good packet by playing in these pop up leagues, left, right, and centre, and you know cherry pick what you want and bloody blah, blah, blah. You don't necessarily need the international game. What you do want ultimately is the honour of playing in the World Cup and winning World Cups. But everything else in between, I think, increasingly is is becoming irrelevant to to the modern day professional cricketer. And so, uh, you know, there's no point in, in losing sleep about the fact that England aren't going to be a full-strength team out in Bangladesh, just as there's no point in losing sleep about them losing in, in South Africa. They will take the learnings they need to take uh, from wherever they can take them and reunite in November or October or whenever it is for the World Cup, uh, just as every other country in the world will be doing that. Uh, you know, England aren't the only team that have got these issues, although with so many players out at franchise leagues, they've perhaps got more issues than some. Um, but it's the game. The game has evolved incredibly rapidly, even in the past month, frankly. Um, <laughs> it, it, we, it does we, feel uh, like it's, it's, you know, we've, we've gone through the ringer very much so. In, I'd yeah. argue, though, like it, it, there's less incentive for England players to be jumping on to franchise leagues because they're still among the most well-paid cricketers well in the, the, one, the ones the ones on central contracts are mm. the, ones, yes. the ones who don't ones have central outside contract, of that yeah. ones outside of it and obviously the ones on central contracts are, uh, it's all very well and but they, they, those central contracts but are breaking into formats. those central yeah, yeah. you know so you know you've got Joe Root and, and, and Ben Stokes obviously retired from ODI cricket but technically uh, he'll be back for a World Cup you would imagine <laughs> uh, you know they, that team is split uh, down the middle the contracts are, you know England aren't, can't, can't hand out contracts to 22 players. They, they, and, and for somebody like Root to be playing in the ILT20 would be more for him trying to prove that he can be a T20 batter, right? Rather I think than so, yeah. That payday. Yeah, again, he's got nothing to pa prove Paving the way for many years of IPL from here onwards. <laughs> from yeah. here onwards. Yeah, I, I'm just like, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, the, the pressures I think on England players are still different to pressures on players from smaller mm. boards where the pay is so ridiculously low mm. that for them it's literally it's a bigger choice in a sense mm. you know if they want to just completely cut away from their home board and then join one of these leagues where they can get bigger money i don't know what the what the pay deals in new zealand are like i imagine they'd be okay but you've got to think that they probably played you know a pretty huge part in in trent bull's decision well, yeah, for example uh, to kind of say that we've up, seen up it there we with uh, yeah the, the, the financial pressure well, there are, is, are hard turned down similarly for australian players india players of course are not allowed to play anywhere else but you know the it's it's not a coincidence that the three countries who are managing their players pretty well across the year are also the three countries which make kind of the most money and pay their players the most mm. In, in cricket and I other think, countries don't have that choice I don't think I, so well, I, 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 I do agree with that but also those countries have in the past I'm looking at West Indies in particular been, mm. been, been uh, more punitive about the yep. choices that these teams make yep. I think, I think so. all teams in England to a degree are showing showing the way it has to be from here on in it's like 
we can't be punitive about this. We've got to accept that players will follow the money, follow the opportunities. But what matters for the international game to succeed uh, fundamentally is that when it comes to a World Cup, the best players all rock up in the same place. And England ju- have the depth, though, don't they? That's the thing. England yeah. have the depth to be able to put out a good team in New Zealand and at the same time have a, have a good white ball team in Bangladesh, where I, I would argue somebody like the West Indies, for sure, Pakistan, who are, you know, maybe the fourth kind of biggest team in world cricket, maybe, you know, up there are, 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 are alongside Bangladesh. But those teams, and South Africa, those teams just don't have the depth to be able to let their players go and play in a league while they're handling an international league somewhere, which is why, you know, South Africa literally had to pause their SA20 competition yeah. to be able to, like, play a, a proper ODI series against mm-hmm. England. Um, so, you know, that depth becomes a big issue for a lot of these sides. In England, one of the things that they are showing England, India and Australia is just in managing the schedule is just the importance of the, the, the pool that they have of players who keep rocking up. Like, you know, Pakistan can't afford to drop Shahid Afridi and let him rest in a season like England have with Matt Potts. I'm not saying they're the same kind of bowler, but, mm. you know, England can do that and still have other guys to call upon, whereas a lot of other countries are just not able to do it. I think what I'm hearing is that county cricket is the cradle for all that <laughs> there, is good man. It's there. And, and great about the game. We should cherish it <laughs> and hold it close. 100%. That is the point of it. Um, 100, 100 days of the champo. Bring it on. <laughs> well, hey, let's do it. It's going to come around before we know it. Um, we, uh, well, we, we will, there will be much more dedicated content on, on the Women's World Cup, but we should, we should mention that because it starts in uh, three days' time, I think. Yes, Friday. Um, the, the women's calendar is usually a bit more uh, easier to follow, although the impending arrival of the Women's Premier League, yes. um, subtle branding there, but <laughs> we all know what that means. Um, there's an auction, I think, on day two or three yes, of I the tournament. day three. Yeah, yes, so yeah. that will obviously... Um, set the cat amongst the pigeons there um but obviously our colleague valkyrie uh, is off to south africa england start on friday miller with a game against west indies um they've got alice catsy fit again after a broken collarbone in the caribbean young seems supple like a, bones seems like only a few weeks ago but yes <laughs> he so quickly she, she is just a teenager um and they began their warm-ups or they actually played a, a sort of unofficial series against New Zealand, but they played uh, one of their first official World Cup warm-ups um, at Stellenbosch, <laughs> where they scored the Bosch into Stellenbosch, putting the Bosch into it. They're scoring two hundred and forty-six, although they only won by seventeen runs in the end against South Africa. Um, Sophia Dunkley scored a fifteen-ball fifty, which is pretty good going in any money. Um, I mean, obviously, this is all leading to the point of that um, Australia are the favourites of the tournament yes. and have won essentially uh, everything. I think that, so ever since the last uh, World Cup, T20 World Cup final in 2020, um, played 22 T20Is, won 19 of them, um, two defeats and a tie, which they lost the Super over. But um, yeah, so beat that um, is the well, message for John Lewis, presumably, isn't it, Just? And beat beat that. <laughs> I, I think I think it, I mean he was John Lewis was talking about taking the basketball mentality to the women's game. Everyone's talking about it. The Lions are talking about it. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. under 19s are talking about County it. County teams are talking everyone's about it. talking yeah. about it. But, County teams but, are a bit reluctant to do it, but <laughs> but fun, fundamentally, the England's best chance is to go hell for leather. Just 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 throw everything you've got at it and where better to start than West Indies who were a team that upset them in the 50 over World Cup there's a, a one of I mean every single one of their defeats was a nail biter in that tournament mm. but but you know they 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 did they did have to battle back from mm. from being you know snookered essentially in 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 the league league standings and obviously fought their way into the final but you know you sense Nat Siver or uh, Brunt Siver as she is now. Mm. Um, Siver Brunt, I can't remember what she around is. Siver Brunt, I think <laughs> it is. Yeah. But she obviously was phenomenal in 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 the final and semi final for that matter. Um, just just kept England afloat. But you sense they were running a little bit on on empty uh, by the end of that tournament. I don't know. I I, I wonder if they got a different different vibe. But obviously, Capsi being fit again. And just the, the the enthusiasm of youth. I mean, Dunkley lumping it, and and all all the other all the other just energetic 
noises coming out of the team at the moment. You just, just think, what the Lauren, hell? I mean, Lauren Bell. Uh, so, I don't think Izzy Wong's not in the squad. He's not, but, no, uh, which is surprising. There is, some, but, there is a, a sort of injection of young talent. Exactly, uh, and they, they tried to do that. Obviously, it's a pretty miserable series out in the Caribbean, which no one really paid attention to because it was, just, it was a polar opposite time <laughs> yes, zone to, yes, to the ongoing that, men's they, they series. West Indies but it absolutely in, in, thumped them out there. And so, you know, obviously different tournaments are coming into different circumstances coming into a tournament, but they thumped them out there. And yeah, I, I, you just sense they are going to leave nothing to chance out there. They will they will throw absolutely everything mm. they've got at it. And at some stage, you would assume they will encounter Australia and <laughs> uh, in a, in a knockout scenario. And if they if they are throwing their punches, one of them might land. I mean, that's basically what they can hope for. But it, as it strategies go, as strategies go, it's fairly it's, well tuned. Yeah, <laughs> right. just 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 go throw and lots of punches and land one of them. It's <laughs> a the Mike Dyson approach to Isn't it just <laughs> to beating Australia. Um, yeah, well, I mean, at some stage or another, there's, there's going to be a world tournament that they don't win. Uh, <laughs> you would think. Let's assume. <laughs> think. Kind of a boring future ahead of us otherwise. Yeah. Um, the, the other big talking point also was um, South Africa's uh, non-selection of, of their captain, uh, Danae Van Niekerk, who, um, whose 2K time trial uh, time was not up to scratch. 18 seconds, I believe. I think. Yes. She was supposed That's to be reported. within 9 minutes 30, if I... Remember correctly. Was I it nine minutes thirty or nine minutes? Around about there, but she was eighteen seconds this out is of pretty it. Pretty fast time, actually. <laughs> you have to be there. Yeah, she was eighteen seconds. So I don't know. It just seems like South Africa. Like I can see, you know, I can see that they want to adhere to like one basic fitness standard. But from what we were told, from what Fredos learned, was that she had she passed the other aspects of that fitness test. So if this is the only thing mm. that your captain and that your best player and that your icon player and that you're, you know, a player who's returning from an injury, this is the only thing she's missing out for on by 18 seconds for her home World Cup, who has a partner in the team as well. <laughs> and so you're thinking of like maybe, up, you know, keeping yeah. that balance kind of going. Star all round. If this is really the only thing that you really got to ask yourself another question, CSA, and it's like, why are you shooting yourselves in the foot? You know, they've done this with, to a degree with Lizelli. That mm. was a kind of stranger situation, but, you know, the bottom line is that they don't have Lizelli, they don't have Annie Kirk, mm. they're they're without um they're without Mignon Dupree. No, they're uh, she's also retired. She's yeah. also retired. And you know, there's like the three or four players that they're missing. Um and, and this is a kind of a home world cup. They they've been progressing well in this time, and suddenly they're now looking at this world cup thinking, well, you know, they've probably already missed this opportunity. Um, if we're being completely blunt about this, they've probably already it's, missed this. This is a pre-choke. Exactly. It's just, again, you know, with, the, with the men's team as well. So I don't know. It just seems like it, it just seems like you, you can see what they were trying to do, but you've got to show a little bit of flexibility, I think, with these things. Especially, you know, we had that great fat shaming piece that 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 uh, Fridos did. Mm. It was very timely, actually. Yes, it worked yes. out beautifully timed. Um, in which she really examines and kind of goes deep into... You know what kind of fitness test do you really need as a cricketer? And there's, you know, there's there's a big school of thought out there that says that you know something like a, a looking at a two kilometer time trial in isolation is completely pointless mm. because you've got to look at the other things that you do. You know, cricket is not not football. It's not basketball where you're constantly on the move. Uh, do you need that kind of speed? I don't know. So it, it, it to me it just felt like just CSA being weird and being unnecessarily kind of discipline and strident in, in, in something that they're trying to do. Um, and it's going to take away a little bit from the tournament because, you know, you, you want to have your best teams competing against an Australia, against an England. You want to have a competitive tournament. I, I, I happened to watch the Under-19 World Cup, Women's mm -hmm. World Cup, which happened just before this. Um, and, you know, it, it was good to see that th there are, like, teams you wouldn't expect to have players coming out from did have decent setups. Pakistan, Rwanda... Great yes. to see Rwanda in there. <laughs> Zimbabwe had a decent side actually at, at at one stage. You know these teams are, are are coming up, and and you would think that you would hope that the administration of these teams and the development of these teams has to happen at some kind of level so that they can eventually match up with you know the, Australia. It's no surprise that they're the best team in the world because they're the best bloody run team in the world. You know Australia and England. These are these are these are teams that are backed by boards that have not. They're not just ticking boxes. Mm -hmm for women's cricket they, they treat them as a proper product these the you know the, the women's team is yeah is up there they're with pay, they're paid properly and they're, they're paid the properly they're, and, and they have a schedule you know they have a mm. proper ftp whereas it, it's a lot more haphazard in other countries so mm. you know as well as this being 
the, a World Cup year. This, this is a massive year for women's cricket generally. They've had the Under-19 World Cups as well. And, you know, Miller, you mentioned they've got the Women's Premier League happening in India. Pakistan are planning to run their league. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's going to happen, but they've, they've, they were, they were going to have it during the men's PSL, but they've now pushed it out to September because they want to give it a separate platform. Mm-hmm. You know, you would hope that that takes off as well because Pakistani cricketers are going to be excluded from the Women's Premier League again. You know that apartheid continues. Yeah. Um. So you would hope that they, it, with with the addition and and the the blossoming of these leagues, that women's cricket develops, it in in a better way than men's cricket has developed over the year in, in a, a more global to do way. It right this time. <laughs> exactly. They have a chance to do it right, and, and and in that way, I think it's a really really big year for for the women's game. Yeah, but it, but just on on that final final point about about the, the treatment of the South Africa women's team, it's just it does seem really stupid given that everything that we know about the, the flux that the world game is in and the growth of women's mm. sport in general, you know, you see, you see what happened at the last uh, T20 world cup in Australia, Australia just, just yeah, for yeah. the pandemic mm. when, you know, you get 80,000 people packing yeah, out the, the MCG, MCG because you've backed the, the host nation yeah. to reach the final. You saw what happened with women's England's women in the euros last year. Yeah. Again, yeah. a host nation ride the wave, you pack it out. Why you would not, especially at this point, this juncture, where you start up the SA20, you're bringing crowds back in, yeah. you're trying to create a buzz around cricket once again, why you would be so punitive towards 50% of your potential market and and crack the whip on yeah. potentially the best player in a home tournament that you may not necessarily win, but you certainly can create a buzz around if you get behind the team. I just... I on so many levels it makes no sense I mean she's to... a total icon player for them right Absolutely. she's the, the most recognisable name in the women's game in South Africa and you've you've dropped her for let's face it it's a fairly arbitrary kind of you, know, yeah. you can't do 2km in, in 9.30 that means you're mm. not I mean, good enough cricketer to be yeah, in the squad no, may, so. maybe, it'll, maybe it'll all come down to fractions of millimetres in a run out that only a live young 19 year old would have would have made so uh, I but, mean, but, but, it, but it just seems really yeah, if it's getting to that stage then you know you've probably had a pretty good tournament right? <laughs> if it's getting to that stage in the first place but you know to not even give yourself that shot it just like you say it's it's stupid you you chose the right word i was trying to be kind of less <laughs> blunt about it but it is stupid uh, yes, CSA uh, making headlines for the wrong reasons. <laughs> Something at least familiar about that and comforting in the uh, uncertain times we uh, live in. Um, we won't go into the women's under-19 World Cup. That was a couple of weeks ago now, the final. England lost to India. Um, I think Bangladesh beat Australia at that yes, moment as well. So to yeah. add to your point about the, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the sort of talent across the board. Um, and uh, as mentioned, the... Um, India-Australia men's series starts this week as well. So uh, there's quite a bit uh, to keep us occupied. I think for today, uh, that'll do us. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's a franchise T20 match starting somewhere at some point that we might need to cover. (laughs) (laughs) Um, England will be hoping it's all right on the day night in Mount Monganui and we'll be trying to keep up with the Women's World Cup in between catching up on sleep. For now, my thanks to Miller and Oz and to you all for tuning in to the Switch It podcast on ESPNCrickInfo.com. 